0: You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep podcast with 360 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey, everybody, this is Justin Lamb, and you're watching episode 16 of Digging Deep, where we help business owners build better businesses. Today, I'm joined by an amazing individual who I've had the wonderful opportunity to know for over a decade now. He's an escape artist, magician. He's been featured on Britain's Got Talent, The Late Late Show with James Corden, Penn & Teller Fool Us, and amongst many of the local news uh, television shows all around the North American market. I would love you to please welcome today on my show, Matt Johnson from urbandeception.com. Thanks, Matt, for joining me today.
1: You're welcome. How are you, Justin? Long time.
0: I'm, I'm good. It's been so long. Uh, well, actually, it hasn't been too long. We've, we've been doing a little bit of work maybe just before COVID kind of uh, took hold. But uh, yeah. I knew that you were supposed to go on um, a big, long road trip uh, doing shows uh, at various locations. Uh, but I I'm imagining that that kind of got uh, put on hold uh, with the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I had a, I had a lot on the go, actually. Uh, we were doing a tour. We were doing some more TV shows. I can't say what those are right now, but yeah, I was supposed to be traveling internationally for some more TV shows. Um, and, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. And yeah, as for everybody, it just all got canceled, but yeah. you know, that's okay. We're still here. We're still healthy. So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be back to normal, you know, in, in due time. And, uh, I think like most, most things in, in both of our lives, um, we, we've kind of really pushed through all, all sorts of shit. Uh, nice. So I've been really excited to do this podcast. Um, and for those people who don't know, me and Matt have a, a long, extensive history. We both met uh, each other through uh, an event planner um, and we worked uh, a, a particular gig uh, for Canada Day. And we really got chatting and there was just one of those things where you remember who that event planner was yes i do it's uh it's mark smith mark smith oh my gosh and that was through bni yes, right that was through yeah, BNI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you know all things b and i have brought me wonderful things and amongst those wonderful things has been you yeah. we were really such a wonderful opportunity when we first started working together um, was really that discovery of brand and discovery of, you know, your voice. Yeah. And so what I wanted to ask you, because, you know, that's clearly has changed since we first met. What has it been like and, and what has been that journey for you to find, you know, your voice or your calling?
1: Uh, wow. How how long have we got? I uh, I'm going to try and shorten it as you know uh, you've you've been with me through the whole journey right uh, starting from kids shows through to uh, balloon twisting through a cool balloon guy through to uh, kind of what I'm doing now and so you've seen that progression uh, the days before I had the beard and the tattoos uh, to the days when I have the beard and tattoos and a, and a Pomeranian Chihuahua you know you' you've seen that progression and so yeah it's been quite the journey i mean i started at like 17 years old uh doing magic and you know left school and started doing my own thing i've always been an entertainer and a performer always uh but just in the ways that kind of the the package that that's coming has changed a lot um i i think that you know I, i've always like yourself uh worked hard made a good living but it wasn't until i got older till i got kind of into my 40s that i started to realize that i was becoming really bored and, and really stagnant with my performing it was just becoming robotic um, and that's not why i became a performer in the first place i became a performer uh, it's nice to make money but i became a performer because i'm creative and and it's my kind of uh, creative outlet and the way that i recharge my batteries is being on stage in front of people so i realized that something had to change something drastic had to change and so i i ultimately the long and short of it is that i kind of got to a point where i i kind of just didn't want to do it anymore i'd just done it so long that i i kind of said to my wife you know if i'm going to keep doing this everything's going to change and she said well what do you want to do i said if it were up to me i'd grow a beard i'd get tattoos so that i can't do kids parties anymore because nobody's gonna hide, nobody's gonna hide, open the door for this guy doing billy's birthday party so i kind of started to make that transition um from being you know kind of a magician wearing top hat and tails and crazy shoes to being the guy that you see now that pretty much performs the way that you see me now um and, I, and, and that that transition took a number of years, uh, really didn't solidify until a couple of years ago when I started to hit all the TV shows and do the escapes. And that that's kind of a broad overview of kind of what happened, I guess.
0: So in that journey, and, and I think you're you're interesting in that sense, because I think a lot of people who get stuck in a rut, they kind of try to stay in it because of the money or because they're comfortable in it. And you've chosen not to. And I think that's really interesting. Uh, and, and the drive behind that is because, you know, you wanted to to really just break the mold at something that you wanted to do. And maybe that's the creative aspect of it for you. Yeah. But what changed in terms of, you know, things that came your way once you went from a very broad sweep of, you know, I'll do all sorts of shows to a real niche kind of market. How did that change for you?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, being a performer, I'm sure it's the same. Well, it's kind of not the same in your business because your business is photography and videography. It's very, it's very channeled, right? But for a performer, um, okay, let's take me for example as a magician. Uh, the the kind of thought process is that I can't turn down work, otherwise I'm not going to make money. I'm not going to pay my bills. So the easiest avenues are kids shows, uh, birthday parties, you know, festivals. Um, Uh, stuff like that it's not easy to get onto tv it's not easy to get on cruise ships it's not easy to get into 700 seat theaters so you know you kind of you kind of become very broad a lot of magicians are very broad performers they'll do anything for anybody at any price you know because that's the way that you pay the bills right and so I always wanted to narrow that niche but I was scared to do that because I thought, well, if I narrow the niche, I'm going to cut out my whole market. You know, if I get a beard and put and get covered in tattoos, I'm going to cut out that family market that I've got that's made me a good living for a long time. You know, so that was always a very difficult decision for me. Um Again, going back to me becoming kind of just jaded with the whole performing business, I'd done it for 20 plus years and I was good at it, but I didn't have to think about it. I could literally be sat on the couch and then I've got a gig in half an hour, I'll pack my case and I'll go and that was it. So it got to a point, like I say, where I knew I had to change. So then it became, I realized it's not about money because if it was just about money, then I would have carried on that way. It wouldn't have mattered, right? But it's it it came to a point again where I was just craving to be creative um, because my performance was suffering because of it. It was becoming stilted. So um, I was I was a little bit fortunate because I was able to keep doing. I didn't have all my tattoos all in one go. You know, the beard kind of grew out. I was able to keep doing my kids shows and doing my balloon twisting shows as I tried to focus more on doing kind of what you see now which which really there's no i mean if you see me on a cruise ship doing my theater show there's still magic there's still comedy there's still uh, mind reading there's still all those aspects and, and certainly a large amount of my performance style that i've learned from the past my timing my stage presence that's still all there at its core it's just how i, I deliver it that's that different um, but i was able to make that transition and and, and basically set up two websites And keep them completely separate so that my my kids' world and my balloon twisting world didn't know. And and then to be taken seriously for cruise ships and theaters and TV and and stuff like that and touring, I had to make sure I wasn't looked at in that way, right? I had to package it differently. Uh, But ultimately what's happened is now I've kind of got into a niche lane. So, you know, now I don't do any children's or family shows, no balloon twisting, all gone. Um, because it's important for me to focus on on my brand, my image, and, and, you know, that stuff, while I love it, it will now deter and detract from what I'm trying to do, which is the focus, which is making sure, you know, I, the, the thing is about being, I think, down to a small niche, is that you aren't going to please everybody. But once you find your little lane, you're going to know exactly who it is that your audience is. So now you actually have a bigger market because you're not trying to please everybody. You're trying to please this niche here. Uh, and, and, you know, and so, uh, yeah, so that's working out for me really well now.
0: Amazing. So we have so many parallels, um, you know, because when we first met uh, under the 360 brand, you know, we did everything, we did weddings, we did corporate, and I also made that shift in splitting the two. Uh, and although we love weddings uh, a lot, um, you know, I had to split the brand so that uh, it, it stayed in two different lanes, um, because it was starting to notice that the, the crossovers, Uh, was interfering in the way that we were projected in in the world, which is, uh, you know, corporate companies would look at us and goes, well, they're trying to do weddings. And wedding people would kind of be like, oh, well, they do corporate. Like, which one is it?
1: And you also can't, uh, you know, it's going to affect your fee as well. Because, I mean, ultimately, we do this because we love it. But, I mean, it's how we pay our bills. So if you, yeah, if I'm trying to be seen as a theater corporate entertainer and they get wind that I do Billy's birthday party for 250 bucks, then they're not going to, they're not going to look at me a seriously, and b they're not going to uh, pay me what I'm worth as uh, Matt Johnson uh, now. So, so you all you ultimately you have to separate the two. I mean, you just do. And if you're going to be serious about focusing on on one venture, you you've got to put everything into it. I mean, it's kind of a risk, right? But I mean, nobody ever got. Uh, to the to the top of their industry by not taking risks and and being focused on, uh, laser focused on 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 their avenue their niche right
0: yeah and it's so true when you say that you know when you niche down you know, you broaden the market uh, in a sense because now you know you're finding a tribe of raving fans and you know when you have one single voice it's easier to identify and, and resonate with one tribe. Um, whereas if you're doing so many things, it's hard to kind of keep, you know, that all in check. And so, you know, you're actually having a bunch of different tribes, but they don't speak the same language. Um, right. and so it's really hard. It's, it's a lot of brain power trying to separate that for people, right? So, you know, kudos to you for really just diving down to it. I think a lot of people struggle uh, when it comes to their brand and whether they want to niche down and part of it is financial
1: so huge but i mean it's huge i mean you can't um like say i was lucky because i could keep doing both until one took over but i mean you you know not everybody's that lucky and if if you um are in a profession and and you know whether it be you want to stay in that profession and niche down or you want to completely change your profession it's really hard when you've got rent to pay or a mortgage to pay or a family to support it's it's hard so um you know it's and 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 now there are days justin where i sit here and i still my uh, magic show to go website is still up i don't take it down because it gets gigs and i i pass them on to my friends right i don't take them myself but it's got good google ranking but there are still days now where i'll sit at home and i might not get a call or an email for like two three weeks and i'll think well I, i you know should i i'm getting nervous should i you know, should I go back or what? But then a gig will come in and it will be a whole month's worth of work that, that I would have got before from working every hour God sends. So that's just, you know, and now it, it, it comes down to, uh, what is it, 99%, uh, 95% of work comes from 5% of your clients or whatever that number is. And that's true. You know, my clients now are cruise ships, corporate, TV you know, and the illusionists when I'm on tour with those guys. But that's it now. They're, they're my four clients, you know. That's it. So now I I know what my clients are. So now I, I uh, you know, I'm an op- not monopolized, but I, I I work on pushing those harder so that I get more work from those guys. Right? The field's narrowed, but it's easier to, uh, because,
0: yeah. It's easier to farm it's easier to farm it when you know you you have a real niche at it and you know you know where those avenues are you know where i think for kids markets you're you're trying to fight all of these people and there's so many more people in the market that's more saturated they don't have what you have there's um, always there's always i i think what you want to be and
1: it's the same in your business same in a lot of people's businesses self employed business but what you want to be for me i don't want to be somebody's looking for a magician, so I fall into a pool of 20 other magicians. I want the people that are looking for Matt Johnson. That's it. That's it. I, because at the end of the day, it, it's it's like some kind of celebrity status, right? And I, I'm very fortunate that the TV shows that I've been doing for a couple of years have kind of got that for me. And that was that wasn't by accident. That was that was structured and it took me a long time to get accepted for those shows. I I sent videos for Britain's Got Talent for like five years before I ever got accepted. So people go, oh, he he did it and then he became known overnight. No, it took me five years to get accepted, but it was very structured. I knew that in order to be able to do the things I wanted to do and command a better fee, uh, I had to have some kind of celebrity and that doesn't mean that I think that I'm some, big celebrity but it just means that people go oh yeah you're the guy right as seen on uh, as interviewed by James Corden once you've got that you can then charge a little bit more because now it's not about being a magician it's about people coming to see Matt Johnson or hiring Matt Johnson and that is where things start to change that's where things start to happen uh, when when you do that so that that's been that's been a few years that's not been uh an overnight thing you know it's taken a lot of work a lot of thought process to set up
0: well i've been a big fan since the beginning and i know you have me too (laughs) (laughs) and uh i think that that ties in neatly to where where i want to go next um you know the uh the 20 years to overnight success is a is a big thing in today's world and a lot of people look at you know somebody like yourself who you know, has made it, um, and of course, I'm humble, and and I'm super lucky to have you in my graces, uh, and, and being able to to be on my podcast. So, you know, thank you. But, um, you know, I want to talk about failure, and and failure is such a big part of our process. You know, whether it was for you, you know, failing trying to get on to to Britain's Got Talent or or not, Um, you know, and and even still after, there's many failures that that occur. But you know, to come up through the ashes as a phoenix is really amazing. So, can you talk a little bit about failure what it means to you and kind of you know how you've pushed through some of that stuff
1: yeah i've had i've had a lot of failure i've had a lot of failure i've had a lot of people that didn't believe in me 100% um you know as far as those kind of people go i i learned that it's not a matter of trying to impress those people it's a matter of just cutting those people out of your life you, you don't need that you know it's like a it's like a, a rot that takes hold of wood if you don't treat it you don't cut it out it's just going to keep going so I was so focused on what I had to do that I realized I've got no time for the for these influences right so that that's one thing that's very important surround yourself with people that love and care about you and that believe in you but that's one very important thing, family and friends. Um, uh, you know, and, and you said, oh, I, I've been a success. I, in some ways, I have had some success, but I, I'm certainly not uh, anywhere near where I want to be. People today will say to me, oh, you've done all this, you've been a success. I'll say, no, actually, I've just found the stepladder and I've put my foot on the first rung, right? It's like I've been trying to find the stepladder, I've now got it, but... It's like any TV show, you know, you do any of these shows, it does not guarantee your success. Even if you win, even if you win, America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent, you will get about a year's worth of work until the next season when the next winner, then you're old news, right? So it's never, ever, ever going to end. So I certainly now have have built the foundation for the house. So it's going to be a solid house, but now I've got to build the house. And so that's where I'm going. So I don't, I don't consider myself success. I consider myself uh, successful at the efforts I've put in so far, I think. And I think that's important because I think that, that keeps you hungry, right? As far as uh, failures, oh, my God, I've had so many. You know, I'll list a couple, but the biggest thing I can say about failure is you just – and this is – I'm not the only person to say this, but you just have to get back on the horse and go again. You ca- You cannot, the biggest thing about failure or being told no or being rejected is it hurts your ego and it, it upsets you and it makes you think, well, what's the point? There's always gonna be somebody doing better than you. There's always gonna be somebody getting more success than you. You know, it's easy to sit on this side and go, well, why am I not as successful as that person? I've been there before, I'll be there again, but that, but use that to drive you, not not as a form of jealousy, but to look at somebody like that and think, well, how did they get there? What what steps did they put in place to get there? You know, and look at the career, and then do that. You know, um, learn from the best and do it better. You know, and I think that fail, failure, rejection, it all has to be taken as as um, empowering. Uh, fuel, as it were. It, it, whether you want to look at it as I'm going to prove everybody wrong, that's a good one, you know. Um, because there's nothing better than being told you can't, and then getting there and going, you see, I can, right? But don't, but don't, but don't be clever or, or egotistical about it, you know. Don't ever be that. Like it's, it's. We're all. Uh, we're all only as good as our next gig. We're all only as good as our next uh, uh, endeavor, right? We can be knocked down at any second. So never take it for granted. But failures for me, I mean... I tried for five years to get on Britain's Got Talent. A lot of people don't know that I was on in 2018, but the year before I got on, 2017, I was told yes. I flew to England. I paid $6,000 of my own money to ship my stuff, take my assistant. I got there. I got on stage, and in rehearsal for the show that was going to be filmed that night, my water tank shattered on stage. I flooded the set, right? Yeah, and I was sent home. I, I was devastated like I was so emotionally and physically um uh, upset and and just everything went out of me I mean imagine trying for five years you get that you spend all that money and then that happens I was done I was emotionally and physically done but I pulled my bootstraps up Um that's where that comes from, which everybody, which everybody knows me for, never give up, right? That's the date there, February 4th, 2017. The water came out the tank, and that was when it happened. A few weeks later, I got that tattooed on, looked at it every day in the mirror when I brushed my teeth in the morning, and I said, I'm not gonna let it stop me, I'm gonna go back. And I went back. I I tried. I emailed 20, 30 times to get back on that show, and they would not respond. But I kept at it and kept at it and kept at it don't stop unless you are actually told no, right? Be in people's faces and they had me back and in 2018, it changed my life, right? It changed my life and everything that's come from that, every TV show I've done, uh, cruise ship contracts, getting a cruise ship agent, theaters, being on The Illusionist, direct from Broadway on a world tour, all of that has come from that single opportunity of being on Britain's Got Talent. Not that I didn't put in the work, But that's what allowed that to happen. And if I'd have stopped when it all went pear-shaped the year before, and I'd have felt sorry for myself, that would never have happened. So you have to, have to, have to never give up, keep going, push forward. When doors close, kick them down. If people say no, never, ever, ever. If you send an email and people don't respond, keep sending them until they do. You either become annoying or or they hire you right that's it don't ever think oh well i'm not going to bother them anymore because they aren't emailed back no you know what shame on them if they don't email you back or it went to the junk mail so keep emailing keep following keep pestering people be relentless in your pursuit because nobody else is going to do it for you right And, and 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 that's that's just some of my failures um i've been rejected and told no more times for tv shows Even now, I lose contracts to other performers uh, that I work hard on with my manager, you know, and I lose them. Um, But again, I could wallow or I can keep going, you know. The stakes are a lot higher for me now. I've got more bills. I've got, you know, but it's that's the reason I'm here and it's the reason I'll continue to be here 5, 10 15, 20 years from now because I because I won't stop I'm relentless. Um, the flip side of that Justin is that it's so important to, to always give back like I get emails all the time I get messages all the time and I always respond I always offer any help I can give I'm an open book you've only got to ask me and I'll tell you because it's not about it, it, it's not about climbing to the top of the mountain and then not telling anybody else how you got there. It's about making sure everybody can get up to the top of the mountain, right? That's what life's about. So, so that's that's a big thing for me now. Is that I'm able to help other people, not financially, but but with the with the things that I've learned, which would have been easier if people had been there to help. So now, you know, it's important to pass that knowledge on. So yeah, that that's kind of. Um, that's kind of some of my successes and failures, I guess. There's a lot of failures, but uh, I I don't dwell too much on the failures. There's no point.
0: It's true. I mean, I remember how devastating, I mean, I don't even know how it would be for you because I couldn't even sit in your shoes. But when I saw the news, like I, I was ready to cry um, because I know how hard it is to get onto a show like that. And, you know, for, for that, I mean, watching that, glass break you know would literally be a direct reflection of you know what happened to your psyche for that very moment with all your hopes and dreams they got shattered um and everything that you had you know poured into it just yep. fell all over the stage yep. um and so i mean i remember how devastated you were and you know I, I i really prayed that uh you you made it through so i'm super happy that you got the second chance and and for us it was the same uh, and you talked about um you know, when people tell you you can't do it, well, that was what happened to me. And then when I entered the industry, I had a photographer who told me I would never make it, never do it, never do it. Uh, I would never be able to supersede him in business and he's no longer in business today. So, you know, there's a great, great thing about perseverance, which is our last thing that I really wanted to talk to you about is perseverance. You know, when a person gets knocked off their horse, um, you know, you talked about how easy it could be for you to feel sorry about yourself. Where did you find that deep motivation to continue to get to keep going because I mean it's easy to say that you get up and, and and drive forward but I personally believe that there's always a deep underlying thing um, and and it usually stems from you know something that's that's deeply rooted in you uh, an event a person you know what what is it that that kept you driving forward and, and never give up
1: uh, well, first of all, that, never give up. I, I don't, that, that to me was never, I mean, it's always been out there, right, that mantra, but it was not something I ever thought about or, or anything. It, but but after the accident happened in 2017, uh, I'm, you know, I, I marked my memories on me with tattoos. And so I came back and I thought, well, what, what, what am I getting out of this? What is the point of this? Well, the point is to never give up. And I had that tattooed on. And it really was something that I could see every day when I was brushing my teeth, right? So it, it so drove home with me. And that kind of mantra is something that I pass on to everybody now. And if you see my Facebook messages or whatever, I'll always hashtag never give up at the end right to pass that on to everybody else and it's so empowering because it keeps coming back to me people will message oh I'm doing this and never give up and you know I've seen people that I've talked to and helped going on to do Britain's Got Talent and it's like you know I'm like you can do it and now they're doing it you know and so that is so so empowering to me um a, a few of the things I guess at my core um Obviously, my family, obviously, they've always been really supportive. But my grandma, my grandma was a singer. And um, she actually tried out for a TV talent show when I was a little boy. And I have, uh, she didn't get onto the TV part, but I have a photograph. She was in a shopping mall. And I have a photograph of my grandma on stage singing with the TV host. And it's in my office, right? And that's the reason I wanted to go on TV talent shows, because my grandma did it and said that I could do it when she was alive, right? So that was a big part um and 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 so um yeah i guess that's that's kind of the stuff that motivates me i'm like everybody justin i find it so hard to get motivated right now i'm at home you know i'm not working and if you know me you'll know for years i've always worked out and kept active and stuff i'm just i'll hike and i'll go up the mountain but i'm not lifting weights i'm not working out just because I find it hard. I find it hard to motivate myself. It's so hard. It's even harder right now when you're at home. It's hard for everybody. You know, what I would say is, if you find it hard to motivate yourself, find something that you're passionate and excited about. And and, and so what I mean is, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you've noticed I've started this YouTube channel called Coffee and Watchers, right? And 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 so the the thing is, I love I love watches. I love collecting watches. So I thought I'm going to start a YouTube channel on watches, right? And I'm going to do watch reviews and talk about the history of watches and this, that, and the other. And so I've done it now for a while, and I'm building up my subscriber list. I kind of feel like a fish out of water because it's something that I'm not used to. But I'm I'm finding my way. But a lot of people have said, well, why don't you focus? Because I'm doing three videos a week. Why don't you put that focus into magic videos? I love magic and it's my job and I'm passionate about live performing, but I'm not passionate about doing YouTube videos on magic. So if I were to do that, I would procrastinate more and and not get anything done. I'd be lazy. So for me, I need to find something out of my comfort zone that I'm passionate about that's completely different, so that I am able to be creative and and able to keep myself active so that's what i've chosen to do and i'm enjoying it and because i'm enjoying it i do it now that also at the same time will keep my mind sharp and will allow me to be creative so that when i go back to magic i'm going to be ready for it right um and that's why i'm doing that's why i'm doing it and that's what i say to everybody find something you love but not necessarily something that you do for a living or that you love find something else you know, Learn how to play guitar, learn whatever, and, and put your passion into that because if it's something that you are genuinely excited about outside of what your job is or outside of your family, you are more likely to put in the time and the effort to do it, right? And and ultimately, that's going to reward you in so many other ways. And so um, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. And also, every magician on the planet is jumping on the bandwagon bandwagon a Facebook and doing Facebook live videos and some are good and some not so good and I don't think it's doing anybody any favors I know I'm smart enough to know it wouldn't do me any favors because I'm a live performer right so I'm just not going to go there I'm not going to go there I'm, I'm going to put my emphasis and my creativity and my time into a project that people don't expect too much from me because it's new for me right they don't expect me to be brilliant at it and and it's also very engaging for people to see somebody who does all this stuff do something they're not that good at and be humble about it right so so um yeah that that's kind of uh that's kind of my thoughts on that i
0: guess actually i think that's a really good good uh thought and and i i totally find it true uh and i think when we draw inspiration as artists um you know, we, we're supposed to draw it from everywhere, our environment, and it doesn't matter that, you know, we have to do everything related to our business. It's just the reason why I don't necessarily teach photography. I might, uh, I might teach photo or video to our crew because it's part of the business, but it isn't something that I would normally just put out there it not something that really drives passion. I procrastinate much like you, right. um, you know, but we find passion in other things. Um, like I find passion in cooking or gardening um, or doing, you know, social uh, media and, and that sort of stuff and that's okay um, because what we learn in those environments when our brain isn't 100% in you know our daily bread is that we we draw inspiration we draw little tips and tricks that or nuggets that we've discovered because we're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable exactly
1: and, and I think and I think that that's been the hardest part for me with this new YouTube channel is I'm putting myself out there and being vulnerable. And, and I know that people can look at that and go, oh my God, he's not that great on camera. Or, oh my God, he's... well, it's not that I'm not. It's just because it's in, a, in, a, in an avenue that I don't really fully understand. But I'm getting there. And it's actually, it will be good for me in the future because it's making me better on camera. It's making me understand teleprompters better. It's making me understand lighting and editing better and, and not drawing things out you know, and, and getting to the point. So I'm learning from that. And that's a, that's a, uh, that's a craft. And that's an important skill that I can then put into what I do for a living and be passionate about it again. So, you know, so don't be, don't be afraid to explore other avenues of your creativity. Um, because if you're passionate about something, whatever it is, you are ultimately, every aspect of your life is going to, is going to be fueled by that. Right? So. Um, so yeah, and that, and that's important today more than ever, because it's so easy to lay on the couch and do nothing and watch TV. Right. Um, so yeah, it's really important for your psyche and for your well-being.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think we could talk for hours and we generally, we, we, we could chat for, for days when we're, when we're together and in person. Um, but for the sake of time and, you know, uh, maybe we can revisit another topic another day. Um, but I'll close out our podcast today, uh, with a question that I try to ask uh, everybody when I remember uh, is, what is a resource or what is a, a piece of inspiration that has really helped guide uh, your life or your work? Uh, something that that you could share with somebody else to to go check out and maybe they could find inspiration uh, for themselves.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, and 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 you you actually asked me that at the start to kind of give me some. Uh, you know, some time to think about it. And I've thought about it. I still am finding that really hard to answer that question. I know a lot of people have a certain book that they read, or they have a certain podcast that they follow, or they have a a certain, you know, uh, certain uh, inspirational speaker that they follow or something like that. I've always been very internal that way. Uh, I, I always say to people, I read books. I don't read but I can read, I just don't have the time. So you're never gonna get me reading all these, you know, help yourself books, because I just, I don't, you know, I'm the guy who watches the movie, right? And it's the same with anything, like I never go seeking out information. I think my biggest forms of inspiration right now, uh, certainly for the YouTube channels I'm doing, is YouTube itself. Uh, I'm watching, I'm, funnily enough, reading online, which I don't do, but I'm reading and watching so much material on how to make my videos better, how to be, better at it right so and again that comes back to being passionate about something um i i draw a lot of inspiration from houdini i have a whole bunch of books down in my office i couldn't tell you exactly what i've got down there but i've got a lot that i read not so much about the how to but the why did he you know why did he do that before social media how did he become uh, the the world's first superhero uh, before social media existed right so i do that um I get a lot of inspiration uh, from um, music and I'm not the first person to say that. I use a lot of music in my shows so, and I get a lot of inspiration. I watch a lot of videos uh, on YouTube about uh, musicians, bands, concerts. I like to watch people like Michael Jackson, how the, how he used to move, how he used to choreograph to routines, you know, the timing, the, the millisecond timing. So I get a lot of inspiration from that stuff too. And, and you know, if anything, it it kind of, a good song or a good concept brightens your day and it opens you up creatively, you know. Um, Maybe whatever you do in life, whatever it is, go look at other people that are good at what they do. Uh, Completely different, you know. Uh, And if you watch people that are good at what they do, whether it be on YouTube or online, uh, you will be inspired to be the best at what you do uh, and never ever think that you aren't good at what you do right you are the best at what you you are the only you you're the best at what you do so 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 make that count you know um i guess that's it really that's kind of my inspirational thoughts i suppose
0: you know and that's that's great because i think um you know contrary to to people always believing that they have to read everything sometimes it's about doing and, you know, getting into the trenches and just rolling up your sleeves. And, and I, I for one, read tons of things, but I don't necessarily remember who they're from. I just kind of take it in as information and we just go and put it to action. So it sounds like you and me in the same boat.
1: <laughs> now, I usually find out afterwards. I usually figure it out myself through trial and hard work and I waste too much sweat equity, right, for years. And then somebody will go, oh, did you know this person wrote about this in a one-page article? And I'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> Right, but that 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 is usually the way I do it. I, that's so I'm a doer. I need to learn from mistakes rather than read about it and try and go out and I can't do that. I'm physical. I need to go out and do it, and make my own mistakes.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for joining me on the show today. I for those, like people, it. yeah, for those people who are looking to uh, take a look at what Matt is all about, go to urbandeception.com where he will have lots of things for you to kind of take a look at. Until next time, if you are enjoyed this uh, video and you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please make sure you subscribe, follow. It really does help. Uh, my goal is to help impact a thousand business owners uh, around the world uh, in the best way that I can, help them move the needle. Uh, so I thank you for your time and uh, your years. Have a great day. And thank you again, Matt.
1: My pleasure, Justin. Thanks so much. All the best to you and your family. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay well.
0: Amazing. Thank you. All right. Bye for now.